everybody and welcome to the very first episode of, of Bulls and Bears. I'm so excited to be with you. Uh, my name is Hank Fenter and I'm going to be your host for the next couple of minutes. We're going to be talking about where you get your financial advice. I think that's a, a topic that is highly contested uh, in South Africa and I bet around the world as well. So just first a little bit of background because um, I think that's going to be something that everyone's going to be wondering about is who is this guy? Um, I work as a financial planner. I have done so for the better part of a decade now. So I think I have a, a reasonable idea of what's happening in the market and what's happening to clients every single day. Um, I think that um, a lot of a lot of wrongdoing is going on in a certain sense because people don't know where to go. I don't think we were ever taught where to be seeking financial advice. I think the, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that children see what their parents do, but they never talk about it. So um, the, the net effect is that they only see their parents uh, sort of uh, misbehavior with, with their, their finances. And the, the sad thing is that they just go and repeat what, whatever they saw. Um, the, the financial guru from the US, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey, his daughter in their book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, uh, she says that uh, more is caught than taught. And I absolutely have to agree with that because um, children see certain things. They see the misbehaviors and, and because they don't know any better, they're just going to go out and repeat it. So it begs the question. Where do we go for financial advice? Um, from, a, from a preliminary study that I did uh, not too long ago on, on Facebook, uh, the, the survey revealed that, that most people um, don't seem to be trusting financial advisors. And that is something that I'm really concerned about, given the, the work that I do every single day. But I think that there is some sort of merit to it. The, the main issue is that financial advisors, and I'm, please, I'm going to ask that everybody, please send, hit me up on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm going to give you all my details. It's going to be at the, uh, in, in the link to the podcast. But most people don't trust financial advisors because the financial advisor experience that is out there is it's somebody that sits across a table from you and they've got some sort of sophisticated computer product, uh, some sort of calculator. It's just a fancy calculator, really. And they plug some numbers in and the program spits something out. And guess what happens next? They are in a sales situation where they just have to cover their wickets so that they're not just sold some sort of product. Now, of course, that's not always the case. There are fantastic financial advisors out there, but the fact of the matter is that the majority, the vast majority of financial advisors out there have no extra training beyond what their employer, who is usually a life insurance company, gives them. So what is the purpose of a life insurance company? What is their main business? Their main business is to be, guess what, selling you insurance. That's what they do. Now, there's nothing wrong with insurance. In fact, I have a bunch of it myself. Um, I think insurance is a very important part of a person's financial plan because I've seen what happens when people don't have the right amount of coverage or the right kind of coverage and that sort of thing. So don't get me wrong. The work that gets done can be of a very high standard. But what is concerning to me is that according to the Financial Planning Institute of Southern Africa, the FPI, not the FBI, um, there are roughly about 135,000 people in South Africa calling themselves financial advisors. 
Now, the problem creeps in that almost 90% of them have no further education, as I said, than the sales training or the product training that was given to them. Now, let me just paint you a little picture because I've been in this business for quite a while. So I know what happens when uh, somebody joins the industry and they want to become a financial advisor. Firstly, the minimum legal requirement for somebody to start practicing as an apprentice financial advisor is they need a metric. Okay, so that's out there. It is really, really concerning that we have a bunch of people running around who have no more than a metric trying to advise people on their retirement strategy or their estate planning, which is a really complex field, but they only have a metric. Now, the, uh, there's, there's huge changes coming in the industry, and um, as soon as somebody joins the industry, they then have six years in which to obtain a what is called a recognized qualification. Okay, so what is that? Usually, it is a qualification offered at an NQF level five. Now, for those of you who don't know, NQF level four is metric. So NQF level five, that goes to show that um, it is basically one step above a metric. And with that qualification, they can practice until such time as the law is changed, whenever that will be. But there are no talks of it right now. That is really concerning. My rule of thumb, and here's the first little tip for you, right? When you see your financial advisor again, and they are not able to do a basic time value of money calculation using a financial calculator, run away. Because that is somebody I will not trust with my own money. Um, and for goodness sake, if they don't even have a financial calculator, um, then you know you will be sitting with a salesman. Again, nothing wrong with with a salesman. There are, I know some fantastic salespeople who really make a living helping people. But this is a specialized field. You will not go to a lawyer about criminal law and he asks you some sort of question like, oh, do you think that's illegal? Asking for your opinion. Okay. Um, so... The, the, I think the, the problem that exists or, or some phenomenon that I've, I've, I've seen over the years is that people will trust their friends who may or may not be qualified in financial planning. And I'll discuss that in a little bit more detail later. But they will trust their friends over their financial advisor. And I think that is a symptom. This is just my opinion, but I think that is a symptom of... Um, the the low level of education that is out there for financial advice or or um, obtained by those financial advisors. So what happens very often is that I would go sit down with a prospective client or with an existing client and they would ask me some sort of question that is obviously something that was raised around a briar fire at some point over the last weekend, probably after a couple of beers, because everybody becomes an expert at a bri. That's just what happens because we're social creatures and we want to share our opinions with people. Um, we want to show that we know some things and some of the most ridiculous questions come out of there because of ignorance. So I think your first responsibility when you're talking to a financial advisor is to make sure that their opinion is founded in truth, in some sort of education, um, and that they really do know what they are talking about. Okay, so um, the, 
two main areas of this proper financial advice, this holistic financial advice that is sometimes flaunted or um, aspired to but not really attained, is firstly wealth creation and wealth protection. In my opinion, that forms the basis of any solid financial plan. Now, wealth creation, we're going to talk about later on. Because I think there are so many opinions and so many gurus out there and, and people with a voice um, about wealth creation, but, uh, but, but a lot of it that does not take into account the, the risk factors with, with these so-called opportunities, etc. But first, let's talk about wealth protection, because wealth protection is the area in which most financial advisors have very good education. Right? That's provided by the life insurance companies, by the short-term insurance companies, your, you know, your car and household insurance. Now, wealth protection is designed to protect your assets. Okay, so insurance is something that costs you money in order to protect what you've got. And that's where we go through uh, what's, what, what's in the industry is called a financial needs analysis. And that is the, the fancy computer calculator that is installed on, on the laptop of the financial advisor. And all sorts of economic principles are programmed in. It's all sorts of um, economic uh, um, objectives and assumptions because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So we must make some assumptions. Now, wealth protection is usually covered by firstly looking at the amount of life coverage that you need, uh, disability and impairment insurance, um, dread disease cover, and then there's usually a little portion that will protect the policy, which I think is a very important part for you to include in your life insurance policies to make sure that if something should happen to you, for example, you become disabled, that your policy is protected because that's when you need it most. Um, and, and, and make sure that you don't lose those benefits. But when we talk about wealth creation, very little time and very little energy is given to your most important wealth building tool, namely your income. I've spoken to hundreds of prospective clients and hundreds of clients over the years who have never been through a proper budgeting process. So in other words, they get to the end of the month and they wonder where all their money went instead of sitting down initially and creating a cash flow plan. And the idea of a cash flow plan is to give every single rand that you earn, because let's face it, you work hard for it, to give every single rand that you earn a mission. In other words, we want to tell our money where to go, not wonder where it went. So the question of this episode is, where do you get your financial advice? Who should you be speaking to regarding your financial advice? My recommendation is to make sure that you have a reputable financial advisor who have illustrated that, firstly, that they are committed to the profession of financial planning, that have gone through some sort of extra education, and you can see that they know what they're talking about, that they are passionate about what they're talking about, because in this industry, we have a very high, very high turnover of staff, and um, the result of that is a lot of clients are seeing somebody, and then that person leaves the industry, and they become what's known as an orphan client. Um, in other words, somebody needs to take them over, but that very seldom happens properly, um, and, and, and the cycle sort of repeats, and they get a new person, and that person leaves. So you want to have somebody who has shown that they are committed to this profession. 
Secondly, they must be educated. They must at least be able to work a financial calculator. They must be able to take you through a budgeting process or a cash flow plan because that cash flow plan is exactly what will be getting you, be getting you out of debt that will help you to, to create wealth in the long term and that we don't spend so much time talking about wealth protection and arguing about which insurance company is best there is no best. There, there can never be a best. I mean, if I, I mean, I'm not going to be able to mention any companies here. So let's say if company A um, is supposedly better than company B, and B is better than C, etc., etc. Why on earth would they be in existence if their product is that horrible? So watch out. As soon as a financial advisor sees you have a policy with a different company than the one they represent or the ones they represent, be very careful because you might be talking to somebody who just wants to replace. So make sure that you listen to what they say. If they say to you that it's a, it's a relatively good uh, policy, then you know you can probably trust their, their opinion a little bit more going forward. Um, I'm, not, I'm not here to say that all insurance products were created equal. That's, that, that's just not true. But if the first reaction, if the knee-jerk reaction is to be replacing whatever you got, regardless of what you got, then you better think carefully. You've got to ask yourself, who am I trusting with my financial future? The best person you can trust for your financial future and the financial future of your future generations is yourself. You're your best coach. You're the, the person who knows best. Sometimes, however, you want somebody to just show you in the right direction. You just want to be pointed in the right direction and, and, and you want to take responsibility because you can never outsource this responsibility. That's one of the first things I say to my clients when I first meet with them is I am not an outsource for your responsibility. I cannot bear the responsibility of hundreds of people's financial futures on my own if they are not invested. And quite frankly... If that client is not invested in the process of financial planning, I'm not going to be the right advisor for them because I'm going to expect them to do certain things um, which, which might, they might be slightly uncomfortable with or they might question. And if they don't have a, the, um, the backbone, let's be honest, to question me and ask me for my inputs and, and my, you know, why my opinion is what it is, um, why I want them to do certain things with their hard-earned money, if they don't have the guts to ask me that and just sort of go along with what I, whatever I say, um, that's them outsourcing their responsibility. And I, I'm, I'm not prepared to take that on, on my shoulder. I don't think one single human being can bear the responsibility of their own personal finances as well as hundreds and hundreds of different clients. So that's my first caution. Second caution, be cautious of friends who seem to know it all. Um... We, we very often deal with, with people in a, with a financial kind of degree who think that they know about financial planning, which is not the case. Financial planning is an overlap between the law and, and finance. So there's a lot of legal things that happen. There are a lot of personal finance things that happen. And these two things overlap. Um, so your financial advisor needs to have uh, an, an input and they have to have an understanding of the law um, when it relates to uh, personal finances. And then there are taxes. You, what, what's more important than the amount of taxes you pay is the, what you do with what you earn. 
That's more important than, than the taxes you pay. Um, yes, tax has a very, very large impact on what, you, what you're getting out and what you keep, etc. I mean, for goodness sake, don't send the state more than what they deserve. Um, but don't, don't make personal finance decisions based on the amount of tax that you might be paying. Um, yes, it features again. But, uh, but for example, one of the big arguments I very often get is people saying to me, um, they're, they're going to buy a rental property um, and they're going to mortgage it to put on a 10 or 20 year mortgage because in huge inverted commas, then the, the tenant pays off my mortgage, which just, I mean, we'll do the math at some point in a future episode, uh, but, but it certainly is not the case. If it were, if it were that cheap to buy a property versus rent, why on earth would somebody ever rent? Okay, but that's, a, that's another rant. They would go and get a mortgage because the interest is tax deductible. Now, yes, the interest is tax deductible, but why on earth would you send 10,000 Rand per year, just grabbing numbers out of the air here, but why would you send 10,000 Rand to the bank to keep from sending a maximum in South Africa of 4,000 Rand, 41% really, um, to SARS? My calculator tells me that that is a bad deal. So, so that's the kind of trap that people fall in when they are not entirely sure of, of their facts. And that's the kind of advice that gets given around a bright fire. So check the advice that's given around a bright fire. Um, measure that up to your financial advisor, assuming that you have done your due diligence and, and made sure that you've got somebody that's, that's counseling with you um, and that, that knows what they are doing. Um, somebody who's not just out there to sell you some sort of product. Um, and I think that way you're going to be on the right track. That's the end of the first episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and thank you for listening. Um, you can look me up on Twitter at of bulls and bears. Uh, you can you can reach me there. That's the easiest. And um, please leave all comments there. I'd really like to to hear what you think. Um, if you have any questions, things that you want me to address in future episodes, please uh, give me a shout and we will see to make that happen. Thanks for for tuning in. See you next time.